What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. I hope everybody's having a fantastic evening so far, which, by the way, <laughs> I guess everybody's going to be listening to this after I record it, so probably most people will be listening to this in the morning on the way to their uh, job or something else, but anyways, uh, I wanted to talk, regardless of what time of day it is right now for you, um, I wanted to talk about not being afraid to let go of certain cards. And uh, I've been thinking about this quite a bit today, how there's a lot of people out there that they say, I'm a true collector. I will never sell. I never sell cards, never have, never will. Now listen guys, if that's what you want to do, then by all means, I have no problems with that whatsoever, obviously, because it's a hobby, it's your hobby. You can, you can make of this hobby whatever you want. What I do want to do, however, is I want to state my case of why I think that you should consider selling and trading sometimes. I, I think probably the first, the first thing that I want to start off with is really kind of when I first started getting into vintage about a year and a half ago, a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. I fell in love with vintage. I was just super happy about it. And I've said this before, I'll probably say it again. I remember when I had uh, you know, all kinds of Conseco cards, just boatloads of Conseco cards. I was going after everything. If I didn't have it, I wanted it. And I, I remember this thought sneaking into my head every, every now and then. If I were to sell my Conseco cards, what monumental cards could I have? Could I have like a T206 Cobb? What about a 52 Topps Mantle? Um, 33 Gaudi Ruth? Like, what monumental iconic cards could I have and how would I feel about that? Well, guess what? The only way that that would have happened is if I sold my Conseco cards. I did and I was able to do that, you know. And and so here's the thing the you know thing that got pretty interesting pretty quickly for me here is about last year, I think it was last year, I posted a video on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Tamman baseball fan. That's my channel. Please subscribe. I'm like 24 people away from uh, a thousand uh, there, but um, I did a video showing all of my uh, all of my uh, new vintage pickups, and I think I titled it "Here's What I Did with My Conseco Collection with the Money from My Conseco Collection." I also did an article uh, on my website, tamanbaseballfan.com, about that as well. Uh, I showed video, um, I showed pictures, did everything. And I had a blast. I had the 52 Tops Mantle. Um, I had 33 Gowdy Ruth. I had a T206 uh, Cobb. And just like that, on a whim, earlier this year, I sold it all. Is except for like maybe four cards or five cards or something like that. And uh, so I noticed one thing. Like I remember, I had kind of like this, this almost this moment of regret. Like how on earth could I have gotten rid of all of those amazing cards? I was just so like, Ugh. but that's just me. I do things on a whim all the time when it comes to, <laughs> to this hobby. I remember the way it started is, uh, is I found somebody that was interested in buying huge collections. I was like, Hey, here's what I've got. Do you have any interest? Yep. And within a day, everything I had virtually was gone just like that. Um, and so you know, a good thing happened and a bad thing happened. The bad thing happened was I didn't have 52 drops of mail anymore. I didn't have a 33 Gowdy Ruth. Didn't have a T206 Cobb. Didn't have my old judge cards. You know, it's a bunch of things like this. I, I just didn't have any more. The good thing that happened was I had a lot of capital to play with. 
to get some cards back or to get some cards that I wanted more to upgrade or whatever. So, which would not have happened if I just stuck with what I had. And so, I'll give you an example. The 52 Tops Mantle. I remember regretting selling that because I go, man, when am I ever going to get a 52 Tops Mantle again? Like, that's an iconic card. Everybody wants one if they don't have it. It's just, you know, so so the one that I had, had like a uh, uh, heavy crease down the middle of it and there's an ink splotch on it and it was uh it was graded a altered for one reason or another and you know but it still was very presentable you know nice looking card but certainly had problems but you know but you know it was it was presentable and it was mine you know so it's was, it was really neat to be able to have it when it was gone it's like oh man but the the blinders came off my eyes i guess you could say after i sold all the stuff and i go huh I could really do something amazing with this. So, uh, several months later, what I did is I ended up actually trading a 2011 Tops Update Diamond Mike Trout PSA 10 plus some money for another 52 Tops mantle. And uh, that this mantle that I have right now is just phenomenal. There's a little bit of paper loss on the front and the, on one of the corners. Uh, it's very hard to tell. Um, at a glance, you know, and I think there's like a light crease somewhere or light wrinkle somewhere, but uh, it is very nice. It's uh, great in SGC1, but it looks, it presents so, so, so much nicer. And uh, it's just an incredible looking card. And I started thinking about, it, especially because of that card, going like, man, I would not have been able to have done that. Or the 1915 Cracker Jack, Sheila Joe Jackson, and Ty Cobb they have, I wouldn't have gotten those otherwise, you know. And so, it's kind of fun to think of it that way that, um, you know, that I really, <laughs> I'm sorry guys. Uh, that's probably an abrupt cutoff here in the podcast. <laughs> I'm on my way uh, to pick up my son and, uh, <laughs> I completely missed my turn. So I had to turn around and go, uh Oh, I'm, I'm going the wrong way here. But anyways, uh, where was I about the 52 tops of mail? I think. Yeah. So, so thinking about the specific 52 tops of mail, you guys like, I would not have gotten one that's like leagues better than one than the one that I used to have had I not taken a chance and sold out. And so it's, uh, it's kind of fun to be able to do this from time to time anyways. In fact, uh, you know, kind of the same thing I was talking about with my uh, previous podcast from a few days ago, um, talking about, you know, being a card shark, how like I feel like uh, best when, uh, oh my gosh, I'm driving and there's a deer that is in front of my car here in a neighborhood. Wow. Um, amazing. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's no editing by the way here, guys, this is just, uh, you're going to get all the, all the raw weird stuff that I say. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, just selling off, it makes things more interesting for me. Like a, like a shark, when they don't move anymore, they die. And that's kind of how I am in my collection. If I want to, if I want to feel the most alive, so to speak, I like to keep making moves. And the thing I found out is time and time again, every time I sell out, uh, it seems to be uh, a good thing where I end up getting better stuff or I'm more satisfied with what I got. So a couple ways to make sure that this happens to you is number one, when you're buying, make sure that you buy at the right price. 
Um, you know, don't buy at inflated prices because guess what? There's going to be cards that you love all the time out there. Um, so don't fall in love with something that there's going to be others out there of. Um, here's an example, by the way, like, uh, you know, so I, I actually ended up doing a massive trade deal with, uh, with a buddy of mine, Curtis, for a button card. It's a one of one. It is, in my opinion, the absolute best looking uh, button card of Kinseiko that's ever been made. And uh, one of the cards I had to give up for it, among many, many, many others, was a Panini uh, button, which was numbered out too. I was a little bummed about seeing that go, but I'm super happy to have, in my opinion, the best Kinseiko button card ever. Um, now, the thing is, though, is that Panini put out a, a card out of eight that's a button card. So there's quite possibly going to be eight different button cards of Kinseiko, uh, which, you know, gosh, I mean, every single one of those could have been one of ones or whatever also, but uh, <laughs> but no, they, they decided to do one run of them, it looks like, I think. I'm not sure. So uh, moral of the story is, especially when it comes to like the newer cards with all of the, uh, the high-end relics, they're going to continually pump out these cards, guys. So don't fall in love too terribly, too hopelessly in love with a certain uh, specific one-of-ones or whatever because they'll continually make them out there. And so for the card that I have, I'm still happy with, uh, with what I have um, because I still think it's the best. Um, it probably makes me not miss the other Panini button I had as much because Panini came out with several others. Um, but still, it's, a, it's something that has really kind of made me think differently um, about newer cards, especially when it comes to like uh, barrels and, and knobs and stuff. Like those are considered by many to be like the best of the best. But guess what, guys? Like they're making multiples of them for players every single year now. Even with Canseco, like Canseco's game use bats, they're not rare. They're not hard to find. Um, in fact, I've got a bat of his that uh, he hit a home run with on my wall right now. Uh, and, you know, I've had probably three or four other game use bats of his as well at some point in life. So, um, you know, it's just something to think about. Now, of course, when it comes to like 90s and 2000s stuff, I mean, that's different because they can't make those anymore. Um, but by that same token, they did not become special because of their relics or whatever. They became special because of the actual cards that they were. Um, so, anyways, um, all that to say, you know, don't don't be too terribly upset if uh, you know about the idea, the possibility of selling a card, especially if it's advantageous to you. Um, you know, for getting you know a good amount of money for whatever card you want or uh, or whatever, because that means you know it simply means one thing that you've got more capital to play with. Uh, when somebody else wants to sell something uh, and maybe they need to sell so they're willing to sell for a little cheaper. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things that you can do. And by the way, this, that sound that you're hearing, that's my steering wheel. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, uh, I apologize if that's, uh, if that's distracting to you. But anyway, so um, yeah, so like just again, like when it comes to, when it comes to actually um, collecting, uh, you know, don't necessarily look down on people that that sell uh and trade frequently and don't don't 
think anything bad of yourself if uh, if you plan on doing it. Also, maybe maybe that's how it is for a lot of people out there that are they're listening. Maybe you want to sell or you want to trade and you just don't know how. Um, and gosh, I mean, the the trick is number one is just uh, just do it. You know, like I know that um, when I first started selling on eBay, I wanted to know exactly like what time was the opportune time to start an auction and to end it and what night. And it, I really was suffering uh, from uh, paralysis by analysis, meaning that I was trying to get everything just perfect. Well, the trick is, is just do it. It doesn't even matter if it's two in the morning and you do a buy it now or something, you know, do that instead of nothing. And, uh, you know, things will work out much better for you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great. Now, of course I don't condone, I don't know if condone is the right word. Uh, I'm not going to encourage anybody giving up a white whale, um, a holy grail or anything like that. I'm not encouraging you to, to give up a card that you truly, truly love. That means a boatload to you. In fact, I, I encourage you the exact opposite. If you love a card to death, keep it, you know, don't, don't sell something that you will regret. Um, but I do think that's important for you to look at your collection and, and think about it. If I'm going to, you know, will I really regret selling this one card or will I not? Um, if I had the money that I put into this card or this pile of cards, what would I do with this money that I could do something that would be like amazing? And, uh, you know, so I've got like a, a box of probably about $4,000 worth of uh, Canseco cards I'm about to put for sale now. And there's a lot of rare stuff, a lot of really good stuff and everything, but just doesn't fit my collection right now. And so I keep thinking, what would I do with that $4,000? Um, as far as, uh, you know, as, as far as something just like a real powerful, uh, powerful card that I wanted. And so probably it would go into vintage or something, you know, so maybe, maybe that means it's an old Judge Roger Connor card, or maybe it means it's uh, some sort of Babe Ruth or a Ty Cobb or uh, you know, something like that, or Jackie Robinson, I don't know, um, which would mean a lot more to me than just a box of cards that are rare just because of the serial number or something. And, uh, you know, again, there's people that are into that stuff hardcore, and I have no problems with that whatsoever, <laughs> obviously. Um, you know, there's some people that a serial number just sings to, to people, and that's fine. That's, a, that's, that's perfectly okay. For me, that's only about half the story, really. Um, so anyways, you know, this is kind of like an exercise I try to tell everybody to do every now and then anyways. In fact, I probably put this challenge up to you about a week ago or so in one of my podcasts. Uh, but yeah, look at your collection again. Um, look at it from the scope of, do I really want this card? Uh, do I really want these cards or am I okay selling them? And get rid of the ones that, that don't mean a whole lot to you. And let's start putting that money into two things. Number one, obviously put money into your financial obligations that you have or savings or whatever. So if you have all that taken care of, and let's assume that this is like play money or whatever, let's put that money into things that like we really care about, like we're really happy about um, in this hobby. There's plenty of cards out there that would fit that criteria, I'm sure. So anyways, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say for tonight. I hope you all have a fantastic evening or morning if you're listening to this in the morning. And uh, let me know your thoughts. Take care.